Hello, everyone. Hello. Hello. My name is Matt Armando. And I'm Emily Riggins. And this is TVD with Matt Emily. And you may have heard our guest speak his name briefly there as well. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> Matt Abetti, yeah. Here's Matt Abetti. He's here. <laughs> uh, welcome to the podcast stage, friend, fellow improviser, and performer, Matt Abetti. Yeah. He is. I just had to give you a formal introduction. I felt weird about moving on without that formal introduction. Oh, I appreciate it. It's very warm and nice. Oh, thank you. Welcome. You're the first ever Matt that we've had that isn't me. Yeah, it's going to be real hard for me. Yeah, Emily, how are you going to deal with this? Hey, Matt, what do you think about this thing? No, not you. Leave you. <laughs> yeah, I'll know that one's me that you're talking about. <laughs> I can't treat a guest rudely. Yeah, I wouldn't want you to. I'd prefer you treating me rude over a guest. Okay. Uh, hey, Matt. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> no, not you. We also have the same initial, Matt A. Oh, wow. God, wow. Mm-hmm. If this was an episode of The Bachelor, Bachelorette, um, it'd be so hard to tell you two apart. Yeah. And we write for the same night of sketch comedy at the Magnet Theater. It's wow. true. There are three Matt A's on the Magnet Theater's performer page, which I recently found out. Really? <laughs> there's, there's a, well, it's me, plus you, plus a third person. <laughs> Who's the third person? Uh, his name's Matt A. <laughs> really? Uh, I, I don't know if I want to say his name. <laughs> oh, okay. I don't really know him. I don't know who he is. <laughs> But he's on there. Yeah. If you want to know at home, go to magnetheater.com. <laughs> yeah. There's Just, like 30 people who are like, who is this? Yeah. Um, um, check out uh, <laughs> the dates that me and this Matt right here are, are performing. Who cares about that third Matt? <laughs> um, I was going to say something. It was really funny. I'm Matt, sure it was. Matt A. Never mind. <laughs> it was funny. I promise. I'll think of it. Okay. Cool. Uh, oh, I remember. <laughs> Let's get back to it then. Do you know how on like the Magnet like Facebook page, people are like, what are your highlights from Sketch Night, Livewire, that's what it's called. Oh, yeah. Someone could po- post like, Matt A did such a great job. And what no chaos would ensue? Would chaos know. would ensue. It's true. Although I, most people would tag people. No. You can tag Matt A. Um, you yeah, could but- if my name on Facebook wasn't spelled Matthew. Oh, damn it. <laughs> Also, it would link to the person. No, I like my <laughs> so idea better. It would immediately let you know. But it, you don't have to. What if I did it? And I will do. I will do this next time. So I want chaos to reign. And I would just said Matt A. And that's it. I didn't tag you. People would probably think you met me because uh, well, you and I know each other. Yeah. But I would be a total jerk about it and I would reply and be like, thank you so much, Emily, that, for yes. your support of me specifically. <laughs> and that would be completing the bit, really. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I believe my Facebook name is, is I have my middle initial there. I feel like, I wonder if it, I guess people can just do Matthew, but I think if you start deleting, cause you can, you have to type in the name and then you delete backwards, right? If you're tagging someone on Facebook and then I think it starts off with giving me Matthew T and then you have to delete that out. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think it gives you, um, you can't have part of the name. You have to do the whole, like, so if you were like, yeah you know, Jackie Ann Carson. You could be Jackie Ann or Jackie or just Carson mm. or Ann Carson. Can you do just the last name? I don't know if you can do just the last name. I've never tried that before. You know what? Know. Neither have I. I feel like that's one of those, oh man, I'm like very deep into like reading about user experience now in software. And I'm like, that's one of those like probably like behaviors that's more common than we think. Like the other day, Speaking of user behaviors, again, 
You ever get like obsessed with something and you start to see it everywhere? Mm-hmm. This was my major, by the way. <laughs> oh, that was your major? Yeah, this idea of how computer, how technology interacts with people. <laughs> oh my God. I'm, I might have to hit you up for, uh, I'm taking uh, my very first UX class as a gift to myself. Wow. You got to do that. Huh? You got to do that. <laughs> yeah. You got to give gifts to yourself and it's, learn it's about the a season of giving. Yeah. I think you're an engineer, Matt. Uh, I do programming, but I, uh, in the vein of knowing what people like how to create stuff. Like I don't do, des- I don't do design necessarily, but I do um, testing for uh, how people interact with things <laughs> Yeah, uh, and finding out like, Oh, this works best. This doesn't work well. Like the failure rate on something tends to be like that aspect of it. Like, is this user interface the best one? Cause there's, there's the part of like designing it, and then there's actually like figuring out if it is good or not. And that's like, a lot, that's like one of my uh, main skills, but also we- yeah, I'm a web developer and I kind of do a lot of things. Uh, jack of many trades. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing. I think I'm coming at, um, coming at software from uh, a different angle, which is I started out uh, as a customer success person, like a customer service person. Yep. And then they moved me up to like product work and they're like, you're good at math and stuff. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> and then they were like, do you want to work as a product manager? And I was like, sure. <laughs> and then I started working with, well, I don't know. This is just, we're now we're just talking about my life. Yeah. But in any case, I, I was watching this woman on, on her phone and I realized, okay, so you know, on your iPhone. You oh, can, I know. He you, doesn't, but I know. You, you can do like a thumbs up or a heart or like yeah. whatever else. How do you make the text i think i double tap it or hold down honestly i don't know i'm gonna do it yeah do it do it real quick i if it's facebook messenger which has this kind of thing i hold it down (laughs) okay um this is when you text and you you, you're liking i double tap you double Double tap. tap yeah i don't double tap i've always held it down and then it gives me the menu and then i pick but i literally have never known that but there's just I don't know. There's just like little things about our brains that I find mm-hmm. crazy, which is like, who? Oh, that's awesome that people think that way. When I, I did not know this was a thing on phones. Um, has this been a thing on iPhones like forever? Um, <laughs> oh, this liking. I'd say for at least like a year or two. Liking and hardening. Stuff. Okay. So I f- had my first ever experience of, of, so I have an Android and somebody must have liked a text I sent. And I'd never experienced this before, but it texts me, mm-hmm. so-and-so likes a text. It's, uh, it's and, and then puts it in quotes. It just says, like, yeah. likes a video or whatever. Yeah. Like, And I was in this group chat, group text, that somebody had asked us to send them videos. That we were... It was a... Uh, it was somebody's final performance uh, before moving... And they wanted videos of, of people that had performed with them before to be like, oh, John was such a great guy. He was always so funny or whatever. That kind of like, it could be more roast. I think mine was kind of a roast uh, <laughs> style thing. But like, we're all just sending videos back and I'm getting all these messages back like, uh, uh, so-and-so likes a video, so-and-so likes a video, but they're not attached to the videos. I don't know what video they actually like. Yeah. It just responded likes a video. <laughs> oh, wow. Um. I'm in a group chat with um, three of my friends and only one of them has an Android and the rest of us have iPhones. Um, but sometimes we will bother her by liking her tweets and then getting the response like, Keith liked this tweet. And then we like that one and it'll be like, Emily liked the tweet about this thing. And it's, she drives her crazy. And it's so hilarious. Oh, I've done yeah. it so many times. <laughs> anyway, shouts to Katie. Hi, Katie. Hi, Katie. 
one of our most prolific listeners. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Katie's like, I can't, I can't hear it because I still don't know how the who the third Matt, the identity of the third Matt, <laughs> the magnet theater page. Fuming. Uh, wait, Katie has an Android. Um, I don't know if it's an Android, but it's not an iPhone. Well, it's probably an Android then. It, yes, but I don't know what type of phone she has. Okay. So you don't know if it's like a Samsung? Yeah, I don't a, know. But or it's a, a Google Pixel. Or it's de- I don't think it's a Google phone. But it's an Android. Yeah, those are all Androids. Okay, fine. They're all Androids. She doesn't, I don't know what type of phone she has, but I guess it's an Android. Unless you have like a blue uh, a Blackberry. I almost called them blueberries. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> unless you have a Blackberry or like an old Windows phone or like a flip phone, it's either going to be an iPhone or an Android. Yeah. That's like eight, like ninety eight percent of Americans have one of those two phones. Probably higher than that. Well, I don't know. I don't want to discount communities I'm not aware of. Uh, that's fair. I love a good flip phone. I wish you could have an iPhone, but also sometimes flip it because I feel like it really adds a little emphasis. They have that new uh, foldable Samsung phone. Yeah. I'm not gonna go to Samsung. Okay, <laughs> I'm not a nightmare. <laughs> I thought what you were gonna say is um, that you wish you could like have a flip phone and leave your iPhone behind. Oh no, I would never leave my iPhone behind. Really? No, I love my phone. phone. I truly love my phone. (laughs) We have an episode where the topic was Emily's phone. Not, not an iPhone, not iPhones, but my relationship to my phone. phone. (laughs) Really? Yeah. I've got to listen to that. Otherwise I'm going to just ask you to rehash some (laughs) of the stuff that you love about this phone. It's basically, I can't have my phone further away from me than where it is now which is within arm's distance oh wow. i've occasionally seen her put it on a charger and she gets anxious <laughs> <laughs> i like to i like to know what's happening yeah speaking well, of what's I, happening what is yeah. happening should we talk about tea i think we should talk about tea i gotta get ready tea talk tea talk tea talk tea talk we're talking tea today um guys this tea is uh, we're going back to our fall faves from david's tea it's a fall fave it's not the fall anymore but it can actually it is the fall it is let's let's for the listener it is still astronomical fall but it is meteorological winter uh oh yeah that's because winter starts the 21st uh astrologically it begins the 20 around the 21st and that's based on stars aligning in meteorology winter is always starts the december 1st uh and that's for those those scientific purposes that the seasons are just like three specific months of the year so it's uh between december 1st and december 21st you're in that hotly debated (laughs) section of (laughs) december where people meteorologists will be like yeah it's winter and astrologists if i'm saying that right at all um thank you would say it, it has not started yet but I think it's safe to call this winter because I'm a meteorologist at heart. Yeah. <laughs> um. Anyways, <laughs> sorry. It's from our fall faves, and for this purpose, we're in the fall. Um, and this is called blueberry muffin. Mm-hmm. It is a fruit infusion. Infusion de fruits. <laughs> if we're in Canada, well, Montreal, part of Canada. <laughs> um. The well, this is this is the uh, copy. Are you ready? With apple, raisins, carrot, and blueberries, this tea is the breakfast of champions. Wow. I want, I want to point out that that's three fruit. Carrot, not a fruit. It's a root of, it would be a root vegetable. Um, that's the tea. Um, I think it smells, and I 
have been told I wasn't allowed to say this, but now I'm saying it. <laughs> it smells like cereal milk, and I, I'm leaning towards Fruit Loop cereal milk, but it could also be like like fruity, not fruity pebbles, but it's not Fruit Loops, but they're shaped like fruit. Ugh. Uh, they're not Fruit Loops. Tricks. Tricks. Okay. It smells like tricks milk. Tricks are shaped like fruits. Well, they were, they, they? and then they, they. I think they. Those are one of those cereals that turn into balls. Uh, I think they're balls now. Yeah. I think that. Yeah. They I'm were not originally sure. Like, banana. Like they were shaped yeah. like. Yeah, I'm picking up what you're putting down here. <laughs> um, but it smells like milk, from tricks, mm-hmm. which is a good smell. I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I just want the listeners to know what it smells like, because so it's truly a breakfast tea, Matt. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> oh there'll never be another matt on this podcast again i <laughs> know uh, we have one scheduled we have another one booked yeah oh really <laughs> we're trying to cram them all in now i've got to get an emily on this uh, podcast to make just, it even just um, so you can dunk on emily as much as possible um, matt we are have a practice group with three mats uh, that's true that's the thing that's um that's not even my legal name Ma- not matthew not any mm-hmm. of that stuff I decided to get real basic. Like mm. I decided, you were uh, fun, and then you became one of us unfun people. Yeah, no, I love. I actually love being Matt, but it's in the improv community. Uh, it's very funny because more than one time in the last seven, eight years of improvising, I'm around at least one other Matt for whatever reason. Maybe people like have that. Maybe like engineers are like, oh yeah. I'm constantly in rooms with other people named Zach or something like that, but I don't know. I don't know. Emily, do you have a lot of teachers named Emily in your life? <laughs> other teachers named Emily? I don't think so. I actually find that I don't know that many Matts. I know you, but I feel like considering how common of a name I know it is, I feel like I don't know that many. Really? And I think statistically that's because if I name Matt, the odds of another person I know being named Matt are less than if your name is something else, right? In that weird... <laughs> That, that actually kind of makes sense. There's a, I mean, I'm probably not nailing the st- statistical language correctly, <laughs> but there's something to the fact that if you are a thing, then it's less like, like, yeah, if, if one out of 10 people are named Matt, hypothetically, all oh, that would be a crazy number of Matts, and I'm a Matt, I can go 20 people without meeting another Matt. Where if your name is Emily, and one in 10 people are named Matt, you would meet two Matts for every 20 people you met. Does that make sense? <laughs> Yeah. This is like a probability. There's a probability thing to it. I mean, um, I mean, it's difficult because my personal experiences, I know like Matt Saletti, Matt mm-hmm. Shafiq. Mm-hmm. I know you. Mm-hmm. What else do Oop. I know? Um, Hello. Hi, I'm back. Emily's back. She just poured us all tea. <laughs> Bumped the microphone into well, other Matt's face. I, know, I did. I'm sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know the three Matts on the on our improv group. Mm-hmm. So you have more Matts than I do in, in your life. I have, yeah, I've uh, I have a solid six Matts in my life. How many Matts do I know? I think active Matts that I talk to, you might be the only one I have right now. Yeah. <laughs> um, my active Matt list is pretty weak. Oh. I'll say that. Um, I mean, I, my best, uh, my former best friend when I was a kid was named Matt. Uh, so we were two Matts. <laughs> I don't think I, I, yeah, I don't know. I just don't have that many. I've never had a best friend whose name was Matt. Maybe there's something there. Mm. Um, listen, Matt and Matt, 
Um, this is tea talk, not Matt talk. And oh, no. I'm gonna take it, I'm gonna take us back to the tea. Yeah. Um, I listen to a podcast sometimes. I haven't listened to it in a while, but it's called James Bonding, and the two hosts are Matt and Matt. Um, wow. This tea. I want us to look at it because there are, in fact, raisins and blueberries, and you can see the little carrots. And I think it's so weird to be drinking a tea with carrots. You guys want to look at it? Look at it. I wonder if it just kind of gives it this, like, it gives it this, it gives it like a this burnt orange tea color. Yes, that you get like out of an Earl Grey, and it makes me wonder if, like, with the blueberry and raisin, it would be a different color, and the carrots kind of there to like teaify the situation interesting maybe so i'm also not sure say, the role of the tea i um the the, the the sort of rude thing that uh david's tea will do sometimes is they'll say um with apples raisins carrot and blueberries um but that's not all that's in this that's true be, that's you turn more. the bad boy around you turn this box around uh apple so apple raisins carrot hibiscus blossoms mm. uh, it's cornflower beetroot beetroot yogurt bits mm. there's milk in this that's why it smells like uh, cereal milk yeah. yeah there it is uh blueberries cornflower blossoms yeah uh I yeah saw those so there's all all that stuff is actually in here in addition to the stuff we thought which i think is so the hibiscus is also probably coloring this mm-hmm. um that'd be uh i mean that'd be skewing more towards a pinkish purple but um certainly could help make it uh, lighten the color of like blueberry where it just wouldn't be like a dark blue or not that blueberry is dark blue but maybe you know maybe you guys know what i mean <laughs> yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, i think this smells very much i think it might be, must be the sort of yogurt bits that i'm smelling but i thought it smelled kind of like vanilla might have been in this oh yeah which it's not but i'm thinking maybe that's where i, I got that from yeah matt what do you taste in this tea um i'll say one other thing the smell is also insanely sweet before I... Yes. Like, it, you, you breathe it in and it immediately... It, it smells, at least to me, like... Did your moms make rock candy? That might have just been my mom sort of thing. I I made rock candy when I was a kid. Oh, really? <laughs> I like yeah. to eat rock candy, but I never made it. It's like a it's like a big Persian thing. It'll make it make it and, and, and have it with tea. You stick the rock candy in uh, some cardamom-infused Earl Grey or whatever it is. It's, it's great. Um, I, made, I made it as a science experiment. Oh, really? So and like, oh, like on the string? And stuff? Yeah, on the string and the, the yeah. And you learn. I think you're either learning crystallizing or evaporation or both. <laughs> <laughs> um. Oh, but uh, I'm gonna try to respect Emily's no, wishes no, here. No, no. You finished your thought. Well, I was gonna tell you guys about my very first, like, good science fair project in life. You know what? Listen, we run a very loose podcast mm-hmm. here. If you want to share about your science project share about your science project all right but it's a small part of me is like imagining like i'm like so here's a story and there's immediately a, a music wash to cut, <laughs> cut me out <laughs> we don't do those so <laughs> oh, fair enough uh wait i'm gonna take two tangents here so w- one of them is one of my favorite gags is a gag like this and it's a, a bo burnham gag where he's like well in any case guys here's some jokes that i wrote about video editors and then and the in the like the oh. DVD version, it just cuts, and he's like, "I hope you guys enjoyed those." So here's some other jokes. Yeah. <laughs> um, That's good. Yeah, I like that a lot. Uh, uh, so my very first, so my brother was in dental school, and uh, I really wanted to go. I wanted to go to dental school because my brother's 17 years older than me. Long story there. Um, 
And um, my parents were like, well, why don't you do an experiment with teeth? <laughs> and so there was this candy called uh, Lucas. Have, have you guys ever had this? No. It's like a candy in Mexico. It's salt. It's like a flavored salt sort of thing. Uh, kind of like tahine, um, where you can have it on like mango or whatever. Mm-hmm. But um, we would just put it on, like, on our hands and just lick it off. And it was like super delicious. Mm-hmm. I think it got banned or something like that. <laughs> in any case, I love this stuff. Yeah. And um, my brother was like, that stuff's going to rot your teeth. It's nothing but like like citric acid and salt. So my brother gave me a bunch of teeth. <laughs> and he was, and so my experiment was just to stick the teeth in like this Lucas solution. And... Um, Did it rot the teeth? Yeah, and weigh them. And they lost... A lot. I never ate the stuff ever again. <laughs> I had the data, like real data in front of my face. I went yeah. to the science fair. Told me middle schoolers could not could not win the science fair. They could present. Oh, it was a high school science fair. That's rude. Wow. It was devastated. So I went to high school and I was like, I want to resubmit my <laughs> science fair project. Um, you did Lisa Simpson's uh, tooth project from Wait. The Simpsons. She puts the teeth in Coke. <laughs> Oh, she does it in like a Halloween episode, yeah. and it turns into like a little um, little city. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, they consider Lisa to be their god and Bart to be their devil. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh wow, yeah. I oh sorry, I feel like I interrupted you, but I yeah. have not done that with teeth, but I've done that with um, eggshell. With eggshell? Yeah, you can like well, put it in Coke, and it shows like that the like the eggshell gets brown. Have you oh, seen whoa. the the tea gets yeah. bigger video? Or the tea, the, I said tea. The egg gets bigger video. It was no. like viral earlier this year. What? Yeah, I keep bringing this video up to people and for some reason nobody remembers it even though it was so viral. But maybe it was viral for like one day. It wasn't one of those lasting ones. But it was like... It's no Baby Yoda? It was no Baby Yoda. Oh my God, Baby Yoda. It was like somebody took an egg and they were like, look what happens if you put egg in vinegar. And then like... Oh, I... It like absorbs it and the shell becomes soft. Yeah. And the egg is bigger. And like the video keeps going, the egg is bigger. Um, and then they keep putting it into like different solutions and like the egg keeps like absorbing the new thing and it keeps getting bigger and the video keeps going, the egg is bigger. <laughs> and it's like, I think if it went viral because it was so silly, people, like the, the, the egg is bigger kept being like, people were like, why does it keep doing this? And what's the point of this video? <laughs> um, but, uh, uh, yeah, the egg is bigger. That's amazing. I think maybe I don't remember that is because when I was in second grade, um, we put egg in vinegar and it like, it like takes the calcium out. So it's like bouncy and you can like bounce it. Yeah, and I've yeah. seen that video many times. And so I just stopped watching the video after that because I, I'm like, I know that experiment. I did it. I did it. And uh, the egg is bigger. The egg. I don't know if the egg is bigger. It's it just bouncy. It was from July, everyone. And you can see through it. You can see, uh, through it. You can see the yolk. Bizarre DIY video makes an egg that, that's bigger than before. <laughs> <laughs> and this, yeah, this is from July. Um, and the, yeah, the exact phrase, the egg is bigger than before. And they just keep putting it in new things. <laughs> I love that. I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm about to say something that's like super basic AF, but I love that about the internet, right? <laughs> and not only that, but like in, in tiny communities, memes that never like float up to like the mainstream, sometimes like make me feel warm and special. Mm-hmm. One of them was like, before this group turned into like a weird alt-right sort of like cult i was part of the simpsons meme facebook group Mm -hmm. and it was delightful because like 
one of the things that got really popular was this tiny little sketch that they did where Skinner blamed a fire that he caused in his kitchen on Aurora Borealis. Do you know, have you guys heard of this? I'm very familiar. I'm familiar with the episode and the meme. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm and, familiar with the Aurora Borealis. <laughs> yeah. The meme got out of control and for like a year and a half, there was just Aurora Borealis stuff just constantly. Um, yeah, this was this did this is probably the most insane a meme ever, I've ever seen a meme go because it kept it was like a million permutations of the same thing. <laughs> yeah, and it would like seep into other things, and like there was like reversals of like stuff that like wouldn't make sense anymore unless you knew the meme of the meme. Yeah. Um, there was even yeah. someone redid a Pink Floyd record where they just took Aurora Borealis and inserted them in the lyrics all over the place. Mm-hmm. Thank God there's some weird human being who's like, you know what I'm going to waste my time on? Doing this, this. thing. I my, the, the On the same one, there's one where they like redid the song All Star by Smash Mouth, but they changed it so it was all... It was like like they took the scene, but they they changed the pitch and like the the I don't know melody or I don't know how to like word I'm not good enough with music to word this, but made it so like everything in the scene was going along to the sort of melody of All Star, and I was I was like I was watching it, I was like what am I watching? <laughs> what <laughs> what what's happened to my brain? <laughs> yeah, and that's like one of these like weird confluences where like that song for whatever reason got insanely famous and then someone just like loves aurora borealis or whatever (laughs) and just yeah it's it's great what the other thing that was like amazing was just i think this is more mainstream like for a month and a half there were moth memes do you guys remember this i don't remember the moth pictures of the moths yeah and it was just always like it was like hey the gag was always the same the punchline was always the same it'd be like hey moth uh, do you want to save your wife and kids from like imminent death, or do you want to go th- go towards this light? And it's like the light. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you got to go towards that light. <laughs> and it was that joke, like over and over and over again. And then it turned into other moth stuff. <laughs> then there was like trebuchet memes. Do you remember this? Yeah, where you? Yeah, sorry, wasn't, it, wasn't like getting rid of a thing. I don't know. We should get back to tea time. <laughs> look, look up those trebuchet memes if you want to. I built a trebuchet in the Boy Scouts. Um, we have to talk let's about talk that. about that. Let's talk about. We don't that. have to. We don't have no. to. We don't have... Um, Matt, let's go back to my original question. Yeah. What do you taste in this tea? All right. This reminds me of a story. No, <laughs> I feel like I I I, in, I like uh, I encourage people to have my attention deficit disorder. <laughs> okay. Uh, Matt's taking a sip. He's. Thinking about it, what's going to happen? It's processing. He's processing. It. <sighs> He's thinking. It feels like it. It feels like. Did you ever do this as a kid, where you like took like um? It tastes like it tastes like for me. It tastes like a grape blow pop, and someone stuck it in water and just swirled it around <laughs> for a really long time. Interesting. And interesting. Not what it actually tastes like, what you as a child thought it was actually going to taste <laughs> yeah. like. Which is like way better. Yeah. But I like can't. I did that with pixie sticks. I remember I was like, this is like Kool-Aid. And then I was like, this is not good. 
No. Yeah, no, I know. I probably did that exact same thing as a kid. Yeah, but like... <laughs> it seems like an idea. <laughs> yeah. Like, as a kid, you're like, this is going to rule. Yeah. And it doesn't. This, I think, tastes like, this tastes like what your imagination was telling you as a kid that experiment was going to work out to be. Okay. Yeah. It's very sugary. Um, I didn't put sugar in this tea, and it is very sugary. I'm glad I didn't, because I think it'd be overwhelmingly sugary. I have a further question to ask, and this is for both of you. Does this taste like a blueberry muffin? Do we get blueberry muffin out of this? No, I don't get blueberry muffin. You don't get blueberry muffin? Matt Matt is pouring himself some tea, but... I I do get blueberry muffin out of this, so... T- tell us about it. I disagree. I, I get a strong, like... I get a strong, like, baked good feel out of it, just generally. It's the carrots. It might be. I, I do love so. a good carrot cake. <laughs> um... Yeah, it, it, like I smell it and I almost, maybe it's not blueberry muffin, but I'm like freshly baked food. That's what I smell. <laughs> freshly baked food? Baked or freshly baked like pastry, like dessert of some kind. I just can't get past the cereal milk thing. And the sugar is like, the sugar is like profound. Um, Which there's no sugar in this. Right. It's just a lot of sweet. I mean, it's blueberry is probably leaking into it. And, 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 the, raisins. A- and the apples. And raisins. It's a bunch of sweet things. Um, it's like that sweet, sweet carrot. <laughs> um, what was I going to say? Oh, um, I just, I don't know if I get a baked good. I don't know if I get blueberry muffin, but again, I do get breakfast. Technically, there is some amount of sugar from the yogurt in this. That's true. Hmm. Um, but yeah. Honestly, if you can't have sugar, it's none of this tea. Because this is... <laughs> great for the whole 30, except for maybe the yogurt. Um, howdy. Um, uh, is it time? Uh, I don't know which question you're going to ask, but I think we have a question for our guest. We could maybe ask him first. Oh, yeah. What? Hey, Matt, I have a question for you. Yeah. Um, and this is for you, the guest, Matt, not that Matt. Um, <laughs> what is your relationship to tea? Oh, uh, I grew up with a whole bunch of it. So um, Persians drink tea like crazy. And... Um, yeah, I mean, so whenever we're, this, when we're talking about the rock candy, like people would make shit tons of it and like uh, crack it with a hammer, and um, it was sort of a thing that like you're going to someone's house, you're gonna have some tea with their family. You're about to have dinner, you have pre-dinner tea and after-dinner tea and mm-hmm. whatever. Um, so yeah, it was always like. It was always like twinnings and like Persians end up being like, oh, the Persians I was around were always like a little bit pretentious. Like there's no Lipton, mm-hmm. you know, it came in like a tin, tin thing. Um, So that was like, that was like early Matt, his, his first caffeine intake was that stuff. Um, Whenever I want to like, I always keep a uh, spearmint tea at home mm. and I really like that before bed. Uh, but it has to be boiling hot. Mm. I don't like a cold tea unless I'll tell you one ty- tell type of tea it. I love. Arizona makes a southern sweet tea, <laughs> and that stuff is the shit. <laughs> I will, how sweet is it? It's it's real sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to uh, I used to smoke a lot uh, of cigarettes. The uncool thing to smoke. Wow. <laughs> Wow. Didn't you take D.A.R.E. classes as a kid? Although it was about both both types of smoking. D.A.R.E. was not about cigarettes. Um, Ours definitely talked about cigarettes. Oh, really? Mine did Almost positive it did. Again, I don't know. 
What, did you guys wear uniforms in school? No. 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 Okay. I went to public school. I also went to a public school and, and we had to wear like blue blue polo shirts and or blue or white polo shirts. What? And khaki pants. And um, the only non-polo shirt that we could wear was our dare shirts. <laughs> and so my dare sh- shirt got worn a lot because I hated being in this polo. In any case. Um, you should have gotten multiple. Multiple dare, dare shirts. I wish I had known. I would have done that. But like once or twice a week, I'd wear that shirt. Yeah. Uh, because... You don't want to wear that polo. I didn't want to wear that polo. And, you know, oddly enough, I ended up doing a lot of drugs. You know, well, they kn- I hope my parents will listen to this. I, mean, <laughs> I hope they do. And they share with all their friends. Uh, <laughs> so they don't do dare anymore because it doesn't work. They like stop doing it. I think it had a counterproductive effect. Where you're uh, like, oh, wow, those those drugs. I'm gonna, they're daring me to try them. Yeah. See what happens. I dare you to do some drugs. Yeah. So when I was on the, uh, I was a debater in high school and in college. Um, ban dare was a very popular debate case uh, and apparently it was like it was like super rock solid partially because if you were trying to attack the team for banning dare there was very little really solid evidence that backed anything that dare did up mm-hmm. yeah um yeah so it ended up being like this pretty awesome debate, debate probably was the greatest experience of my life all right. Nah, probably not. <laughs> Let's get back to tea. <laughs> yeah. uh, um, so tea you had tea a lot as a kid. You drink spearmint now in Arizona. Every once in a while. Sweet tea. Yeah. Every once in a while. That'll rot your teeth too, by the way. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> in the morning. It's like a, a dollar. Yeah. The it's 99 cent like tall boys. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the tall boy of, of tea and sugar. <laughs> <laughs> I used to drink the, I used to drink the Arizona uh, the regular and all Arnold Palmer ones a lot. Oh yeah, like the the regular green tea. Uh, I don't even know. It's no, like that... the original that's like in the turquoise can. Yeah, I guess I, I would drink that one, but that one's not the one I regularly had. Maybe I just mostly had the Arnold Palmers. I drank. I used to drink those a ton. Oh, I can't stand. <laughs> Which those are Palmers. also awful for you. <laughs> just lemonade and and I mean, not only is it sugary tea, but it's mixed with lemonade, one of the also worst things in the world. For you. <laughs> I'm going to share something with you both that I've never had an Arizona tea. Oh my! God. Oh man! You do yourself a favor, but also you might love them. So maybe I shouldn't. They're like 40 grams of sugar per can. I don't know. Maybe not 40, but it's like. When you have it, you're like, I'm having candy. Mm-hmm. This is good. If I'm having candy, I'm having candy. Really? Yeah. Like a, you have a big sweet tooth. I don't know. Yeah. This, you might replace candy with these. They are so sweet. <laughs> they're so sweet. And they're amazing. I love chocolate. I'm I love, gonna, I'm gonna, oh. love chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> um, Let's drop wait, that question. Okay. Right, let me ask one more question. <gasps> um, if In the morning, do you drink coffee or tea or nothing? Like, what do you wake up to? Oh, coffee. Okay. I'm a big coffee person. Um, mostly because with tea, I always do want to add sugar, mm. except for with this tea. Because it's already <laughs> pure sugar. This is syrup. <laughs> this is scissorup. Um, but, uh, uh, but yeah, coffee, I'll, I'll have it black and it feels, mm. feels delicious. Okay. Thank you for answering that question. Now it's time to ask the question Matt wanted me to ask. Um, and the question you wanted me to ask. Oh, listen, <laughs> it's coming no matter what. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Matt. Would you say that this David's tea fruit infusion <laughs> called blueberry muffin is your cup of tea or not your cup of tea? 
It's not my cup of tea. Oh. Yeah, it's not. It's like wow. I'm I'm delighted that I had it. Mm-hmm. Right? It was like a good experience to have something new and different. But if it was like sitting on a shelf, mm-hmm. I'd be like, yeah, okay. I'm okay. Mm-hmm. okay. I, I would try yet another new thing. Like I would go through Dave's box. You'd go through this fall favorites box? <laughs> fall favorite box? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Try always go through his whole box. Because Dave clearly knows... Some good and interesting teas. Oh, no. David has good and interesting teas. Yeah. Smart fella. Yeah. From Canada. He's, he's Canadian. Like, have you ever had like a friend who like really, really cooks? Right? And yeah. And he's like, oh, hey, I made this thing. And you're like, I, I don't like this, but I know that someone who would like this, their minds would be blown. Yeah. It's just not for me. It's not for me. Okay. This is where I'm at. That's fair. Where I'm like... This is how I feel whenever someone makes a really good, uh, like, vegan dish. Because I'm not vegetarian. I'm a complete carnivore. <laughs> and I'm like... Uh, you're an omnivore. <laughs> no, I don't eat anything but Get meat. Get out of here. Matt is literally chewing <laughs> on a turkey leg as a pig. bone, yeah. I've been eating meat this whole time. <laughs> you got to keep the calories. <laughs> um, I, uh, But I had this, like... I, just, I actually remember this, like, specific instance of having this really good vegan thing. But like, I was also like, I'd still rather this have meat. <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> like, I understood what they were going for, and it was good. But I couldn't help but think how it would be better if there was <laughs> chunks of chicken. In it. <laughs> I, I I went into a diner and I had a similar experience. It was like a vegetarian vegan diner or something like that, right? Was it Champs? Is that in Williamsburg? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, my yeah. favorite vegan place. Keep going. Are you vegan? No. Are you vegetarian? No. But you you just go every once in a while. My friend is, and we go a lot. Oh, okay, okay. So I go there. I would be polite and go with friends to places like this. I'm not here to trash talk it entirely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally. Me too. Yeah. I mean, although I would totally like go to a vegan vegetarian place and then immediately after be like, yeah, uh, <laughs> four Popeye's fried chicken sandwiches, please. <laughs> um, oh, no bread. <laughs> uh, um. But I went to that place and I was immediately I was struck by the smell, which was like, man, it smells great in here. Oh, it smells so delightful, right? It just it, there's no grease, there's no nothing, blah blah blah. And I think there was some like cashewed something, whatever. I don't care. I left and I was still just like, nah, <laughs> I could use some grease. Like mm-hmm. I could use like six strips of bacon, even if they were just like. How the wait staff got from place to place inside the restaurant. They like scooted from place to place. It's very small and very good. It's very good. Um, well, but I if li- only it had some chunks of chicken in it. <laughs> well, I like them because they don't health, it's not healthy food. A lot of vegan places are not healthy. These, they fry all their food, and that's what I need. I like my food fried. They have great french fries, great mozzarella sticks. Ooh, mozzarella sticks. Oh, they're good. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love, I love mozzarella. Honestly, if like five guys or if any burger place, you can get fries, you can get onion rings, or you can get mozzarella sticks. I'm eating at that burger place for the next six months. There you go. Matt. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, Emily, you're talking to me this time. Yes. First um, time, I think. Yes, the full, first time. I don't expect this to last. Matt, would wow. you say that this Fall Favorites by David's Tea, 12 teas that keep you cozy. Would you say that this blueberry muffin fruit infusion made by David's tea is... Who made this? <laughs> thank you. Is your cup of tea or not your cup of tea? And thank you for interrupting me. Um, oh, I feel so good about this. This is... <laughs> mm, 
I guess I, I, I still think it I still think it's ultimately my cup of tea, although I would say that it's I agree it's like maybe not the first tea I would choose to drink if I was given options of tea, but it's fine. It's like I'm I'm enjoying it. If someone was like, Hey, I'm throwing some blueberry muffin on the <laughs> stove, do you want some? <laughs> I'd be like, Okay. Although I would rather just eat a blueberry muffin. Yeah. I think that's the other thing about this. Um, it makes me actually now that I'm really thinking about it, I really want a blueberry muffin right now. <laughs> yeah. One, I'm so happy you interrupted me. This is great. I try to get Matt to interrupt me during that question every single time, and finally did this it. This time she just decided to say David's tea six <laughs> times. <laughs> I know. Um, I again, I like blueberry muffins, but if I'm eating a muffin, I want it to be chocolate with chocolate. I want it to be cake. <laughs> Oh, blueberry muffins are great. Blueberry muffins are great. It's like a little pie. Almost. Be, <laughs> be a lot of blueberries. Sometimes when you buy a blueberry muffin, there's not enough blueberries. So there's this thing I just had. I'm I'm blanking on the name of the place. They do this thing with a with a muffin that is disgusting in how Whoa. good it is. Whoa. Oh. So they take a muffin. Okay. okay? They cut the muffin in half. Mm-hmm. They put butter on the two halves of the muffin, mm-hmm. and they put it in a panini press grill situation, and they squish it, mm-hmm. and it comes to you, crispity, soft and chewy, and they serve it with another thing of butter and some jelly. Doubt me if you want. <laughs> oh, I'm not going to. <laughs> it's awesome. I almost like got up like because I I do this thing every once in a while where I like I like order someplace and I go like what's something to get here yeah like I make my regular order and be like if there isn't anything or I ordered it that's fine but like if there's something there and the guy's like we griddle the muffins <laughs> <laughs> and I was like all right yeah hook it up man they're like yeah. four bucks done and I was like you son of a bitch this is so good <laughs> glad you could have that yeah I love to ask you when to figure out the name of that place you have to let us know <laughs> oh yeah 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 I, yeah. we'll figure it out, we'll figure it out. Emily Claire Riggins uh, <laughs> I have to read this whole thing again do you find this fall fave by David's Tea which is called it's just called Blueberry Muffin not a weird name Buttery Baked Goodness do you find this fruit infusion to be your cup of tea or not your cup of tea. I want to start by saying, did you guys see how polite I was and I didn't interrupt Matt at all? Wow, what a good co-host I am. <sighs> Emily, number two, we guys, keep this episode going. <laughs> I have the opposite opinion of you guys. I love this tea. Really? <laughs> yeah. I think it's so good. I think it's one of my favorite food infusions we've had. Um, I like how sweet it is. I think it's so good. I have a little bit left. I think I honestly might go home and make it. Um <laughs> the last of it it's so good i love this tea do you love cereal milk (laughs) apparently i do i do i don't eat a lot of cereal and i don't i wouldn't like identify as a person who likes cereal milk but i really like this tea. okay so uh, i have another recommendation for you i don't usually have new york food recommendations but tonight i'm whipping them out (laughs) momofuku's milk bar right williamsburg they have a cereal milk cookie and the cookie is amazing. And I'm not really even a big fan of sugar. If this mm-hmm. is your cup of tea, 
That might also be. Okay, well. I got a new uh, one of these over on uh, 28th Street, Broadway, I think. I think we walked past it once. Yeah, it's a new one. It just opened. It's big. Tea talk done? Tea talk complete. (laughs) I need more tea. Are you going to But before we do that, Matt. Thank yeah. you so much for being on this podcast. Yes. I want you to know that we had quite a lot of ch- chatter about tea, life, but all of it does not matter now. Oh, wow. Well. Because it's your topic time. Yeah. And it's the only important thing. What is your topic today, Matt? Oh, man. I. So what I, what I want to talk to you guys about is my favorite philosopher. <laughs> I was uh-huh. like, I get to talk about anything? I'm Yeah. So otherwise, we can think of something else, but I'm going to no, hold you guys great. hostage to yeah. like... Yeah. Who's your favorite philosopher? So my favorite philosopher is a guy named uh, Ludwig Wittgenstein. And he um, is the founder of logical positivism. Mm. So, um, uh, so, so Wittgenstein shows up and he essentially, I want mean, I want to do the, the end of the end of the story first. Wittgenstein shows up. Writes like an 80 page book. The end of the book just essentially goes like, so therefore, philosophy's done. <laughs> no more philosophy. Real needs mic to be drop. Done. Yeah, I was just thinking the same thing. <laughs> it was like a real mic drop, right? <laughs> and like, he kind of, it's not like he convinced everybody. He like kind of shifted a bunch of stuff. He, he made people have to uh, think about philosophy from a, a bunch of perspectives. And for some people, um, it, it uh, re-spiritualized philosophy, and for other people, it made philosophy very uh, a lot more um, have to get a lot more rigorous, mm-hmm. and so it it drove this big divide. So Wittgenstein's theory. Um, before we get to this, I need I need to be grounded in a year. Round what year is this? <laughs> oh, I don't know. I think it's like early 1900s. Okay, that's all. That's all I needed. Yeah, I don't know if we're talking 1700s, 1900s. I needed. I just needed. No, yeah. So we're talking post-industrial era. Okay. Cool. Uh, We're good. Wittgenstein is the child of a very wealthy uh, family who like engineered um, house appliances, I think, like doorknobs and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So Wittgenstein, um, Wittgenstein makes two big, big moves. One, one move is he essentially says, all right, well, um, if we're going to do philosophy, we're going to preoccupy. Uh, preoccupy ourselves with this thing we need to evaluate the tools that we use to be able to do philosophy and the primary tool is language mm-hmm. right? so for instance um uh, wittgenstein essentially says well like i don't try to paint a bridge people need to walk on mm-hmm. so if the tool is incorrect then the whole project from the outset is super messed up right okay um and uh, this is a little bit different from what a bunch of other people did, which is like, is the brain smart enough? Do we know that reality exists or whatnot? And Wittgenstein essentially goes like, nah, yeah, pretty much. Like all these exercises about like, is the color blue that you see the same color blue that I see? And Wittgenstein sort of like, that's that's nice. But like if you and I agree enough on stuff and we're functional, we don't get to sit around and go like... But what if, mm-hmm. you he, know, he's not a big fan of when people get high and just go like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yo, Why do you people, see in the you know? same purple as me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, uh, so in any case, uh, he goes, all right, cool. So what, what's, what's the stuff that language does, right? And um, he comes up 
the simplest way of describing this is like he comes up with the picture theory. So he essentially goes like, yeah, if you took a photo of like um, of what's happening in here, you'd be able to be like, you'd be like uh, a mic is front in front of Emily, Matt and Matt. Right. Mm-hmm. And like that's an objective fact. So each part of that sentence either serves the function of pointing at the thing in the picture or telling you the relationship so that if I was to say that sentence right now for people who are listening to the podcast, they would immediately go like, ah, I kind of in my head have my version of what it looks like for the three of them, Mm -hmm. my image of what they look like, right? And that's all they need to be able to move forward with their lives. Yeah. So Wittgenstein goes, all right, so language is our way of transmitting information from one person to another to transmit pictures. Well, what happens when somebody says love is beautiful? Wittgenstein goes like, uh, what does love point at? We don't all see love. Mm-hmm. So what I'm pointing at is like your your con- conception of love. And I'm telling you, hey, I connect my sense of love with my sense of beauty. You should do the same thing. Right. Wittgenstein goes like, so if I sit around and try to like dissect that information, like try to be like, oh, what is the nature of love? What is yeah. the nature of beauty? And I try to connect those things. I'm just kind of involving myself in abstraction on top of abstraction on top of abstraction. I'm making language do something it's not supposed to do. Yeah. I'm painting a bridge and asking people to walk on it. You'd fall. You'd fall. You'd definitely fall. You'd fall. Or just never go above because paint is a 2D medium. That's actually one of my favorite uh, uh, one of my favorite um, jokes from the Batman cartoon series. <laughs> this is at the very end, right? Uh, Batman sort of goes... Uh, uh, or. And, and I don't know if it was the very end. I'm relying on sketchy memory here. Batman essentially goes like, hey, you don't need to be a criminal. You don't need to do a life crime, whatever. Like, I want to, I don't want to kill you. Um, Let me rehabilitate you. Let me, like, I don't know how, why life messed you up and why it twisted you around, but I want to, like, lend my hand to you. And the Joker just goes like, hey, you know, uh, no thanks. <laughs> I'm, I'm, you know, I'm like, I'm a little too far gone. He's too busy dancing up and down steps. He's too busy dancing up steps. He's like, yeah, no thanks. And then the Joker tells Batman a joke, which is uh, these two guys are trying to leave an insane asylum and they're they're jumping across the roofs. Mm-hmm. Right? And um, one of them is a, it's a pretty wide gap. So one of the guys jumps and the other guy goes, oh, no, no, no. I'm going to like, I'm going to die. Like, I'm, I can't do this jump. And the guy takes his flashlight and goes, hey, I'm going to flash this light across the path. Just walk along the light uh, and, and then we'll go from there. And the guy goes, what do, you, what do I look like, an idiot? If I make it halfway across, you're just going to turn the light off. <laughs> and Batman and Joker share a laugh in oh the God. rain. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. So That's a beautiful story of people coming together through comedy. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Well, so Wittgenstein is preventing. <laughs> I feel like I've straight up. I straight. I can talk about others. I, I just kicked the mic stand. It's fine. I can talk <laughs> about other stuff, but like this is literally like I was like, I was like, there. This is a dangerous choice. No. This is a dangerous choice. It's your topic. Yeah, yeah. We like stretching what's possible. So, so, so Wittgenstein. Wittgen, Wittgenstein. V- Wittgenstein. Yeah. Where is he from? 
He's Austrian, I think. Okay, so he's speaking well, now, German. Now we're testing. There, now we're testing our memory. So he's speaking German. This yeah. is helpful. You know, I like to ground myself in a time and place. Um, <laughs> what part did you? No, no. Um, he invented. Is he? Oh, I have so many things to say about the good place, but I'm going to save it for the end. Um, is he? Like, who does he inspire? Like, oh yeah. I also ruined really quick. I ruined a date real bad. <laughs> she was like, "You like philosophy? You're a comedian. Do you watch The Good Place?" And I was like, "No, I've never watched it." So we went to her place to watch it, and three episodes straight, I was like, "I hate this show," <laughs> and I was like <gasps> trashing it openly, oh, and I'm pretty sure ruined a day. <laughs> I think that might do it. Yeah, I'm like, wow, you like this? Uh, this is awful. I'm gonna be real. Probably it takes like till episode five or six to get good. Really? <laughs> yeah. I'll give it another. Emily, Emily made me watch it. I kind of, I not that I disliked the first few episodes, but I was like, mm. but then it gets good, and then you're like, oh, okay, oh, this is why it's good. There's a little bit of racial rage on my side too, which like accelerated my dislike for that show. I think if you got a few more episodes in, you might, really? you might realize that you didn't need to have many rage. <laughs> All right. Fair enough. There are a bunch of people who are like, Matt's the real racist here. It took, it just, uh, it just takes, yeah, the episode just like completely changes its direction like six episodes in or whatever. <laughs> really? Yeah. Um, the premise is already bonkers. Well, that, yeah. Yes. Yeah, it just yeah. takes a while for the like. It's I do think it's very it's a very strange show in that it does take so many episodes to like get going. But it's not unlike a lot of TV shows where the first season is sometimes the weakest season. Um, like oh, a lot, yeah. I feel like a lot. That's true for I've had this philosophical argument with people uh, that like there's almost no show. Like I mean, not that there are no examples, but there are very few shows, even the ones that we like that had good first seasons. The Simpsons first season is pretty blah the, the, op- office. the office parks and recreation like a lot of these shows have really mediocre first seasons and then go on to be like all-time classics oh, yeah. and i think the good place actually has a good first season it just has a slow first like few episodes maybe yeah. some of it was the build-up like this person's like you're gonna love this yeah you gotta set your expectations low low yeah i also it does it seems like the kind of show that like either like <clears throat> like you either have to be the kind of person who's like a completionist and once you start watching something you like never finish or you never oh. you, you never stop rather oh yeah um or someone who was like like i do kind of wonder about like people who really like those first few episodes and the pace they were at and all that stuff and then like get to the later episodes and then are like completely turned off from it because it does like change everything kind of like just the pacing the joke style like so much is different from the first half of the first season to like, especially into the second season. But I could imagine it really turning off people who loved those first few few episodes. (laughs) Uh, Much like maybe somebody who really loved like the first season of The Office thinks like all the rest of them are crap, even though the majority of people I think tend to think like seasons three and four are maybe the best seasons of The Office. I might not be right on that, but I I don't know very many people who consider the first season of The Office to be the best. The American one. No, I, I... I think that one and the British one are unwatchable for me because they're so painful. Yeah, that's I've heard. Like my brother has a hard time watching The Office because he's just cringing the whole time. The first, yeah. I, I like the British one. It is cringy, but I like it. It's the only thing I've never that, seen the British. It's the only Ricky Gervais thing I like. <laughs> I don't. I don't like him. <laughs> I I I I used to be a completionist. 
And then a too, one too much content. Too much content, and one show really ruined it for me. So I watched How I Met Your Mother, and it turned into a thing with uh, me and my then girlfriend. Um, and we would watch the episodes as they came out and get super excited. Uh, we broke up, but then I was like, I'm still going to watch this. Show. I got to finish. I got to know who the mom is. And the last few seasons were like bad. Mm. And I was like, I'm just going to slog through this. I got to the point where I no longer watched them as they came out. I was just waiting for the whole season to come out. I'd binge the whole thing. I would anger binge the whole thing. I'm like, God damn it. Why do I go to these jokes are bad <laughs> and then the very last episode when you find out who the mom is you're like a you made me wait to the very end b you show me like 10 seconds of her i hate this show <laughs> i will never complete a show on principle ever again mm. but i also am not a good tv watcher yeah and that's why i didn't watch the good place at first because i was like this is a tv show i don't watch tv <laughs> yeah I don't watch TV. I, but I also want to say, like, the standard of television is about to go, like, way up, I think. I don't think... I think back in the day, like, having the first season not be that great... That's true. ...was, like, a function of, like, the fact that, like, it's on TV, you know? People switch the channel or whatever. But I think now TV shows are just becoming, like, movies where they're, like, they get plotted out really well and they have to, you know, so on and so forth. Oh, uh, yeah. I I don't know. I would say that's like I mean there I mean there are examples of shows that have had great first seasons. I mean I think that's why Breaking Bad and Mad Men are two shows that are gonna that have lived on for a while and will probably continue because even like the very first episodes of both of those shows are very very strong. I just think I think the reason TV shows change, especially like The American Office, to keep going back to that example, is that Michael is like a detestable asshole in the first season, yeah, <laughs> and awful. he they lighten his character so much just to season two. And I think that was like, I mean, people liked the show just fine, but they, the, the parts that people liked were like the Jim and Pam stuff. So that's like why we got way more of that. Although that's arguably why the show eventually gets to be not as fun to watch. Cause it was just that, <laughs> but oh, God, like, yeah. I think that tends to be like why first seasons are so different is because they, they realize what the audience wants. The show changes focus. Um, Especially, I guess, especially comedies in that way, where like yeah. you find out what like isn't funny at all from that first season, and then you're like, okay, well, we won't write those kinds of jokes ever again. <laughs> yeah, that writer is fired. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, yeah, but you probably do really actually fire some writers. <laughs> probably do, right? Or you don't go like if someone wrote a whole episode, you probably like don't go back to that writer. You're like, um, thank you, but we're not going to bring you back or whatever for writing yeah. episodes. Yeah. Philosophy. I mean, <laughs> Speaking yeah. of changing tracks, <laughs> Wittgenstein changed the tracks of how people talked about philosophy. I was working so hard on that transition. You know what? And I had to say the whole thing. A tiny gift is that this topic is like insanely boring and we're just going to tangent off of it. Oh, so. we tangent off everything. It doesn't Great. matter the interest of the topic. Perfect. Yeah. Then this is working out just like I wanted. Wittgenstein. V- Wittgenstein, yeah. <laughs> yes. W. Yeah. This this Austrian man <laughs> yeah. in the post-industrial age. Um, <laughs> he changes how people talk about philosophy. Yeah. How? So, um, so Wittgenstein essentially goes around. He becomes a teacher. Uh, I think at Oxford under oh, Bertrand Russell. Just, Russell? Just giving yeah. me that answer because I was going to ask. <laughs> yeah. So he, he, he started to teach. Uh, he doesn't write a whole lot. 
he lectures a good deal and he pretty much becomes kind of um a little bit of a curmudgeon right uh he he he, he goes around pissing people off which is like people have these philosophical systems <laughs> and he just shows up and goes like he he like starts to break everything down he's like okay so logically what you're saying is this means this means this so therefore and he would like expose sort of like circles and people's thinking or he would finally find out that they were essentially making statements that were to the effect of to be is to mean or something like that and he'd be like that doesn't help anybody what you've done is just put a bunch of artifice on top of your abstraction your like weirdness Mm -hmm. so the story goes, I don't know how true this is, another philosopher goes like, oh, yeah, and gives him the bird and goes like, tell me what the fuck that means, <laughs> right? And uh, Wittgenstein kind of has this moment where he goes like, oh, that has a huge impact, right? <laughs> I know exactly what you mean. This sort of symbolizes, uh, like the, the the middle finger symbolizes something else. Mm-hmm. Those aren't that, you know, these, maybe there's like something to this abstraction sort of situation. Mm-hmm. So Wittgenstein essentially goes, he writes another book. And this is, he, this is after the book he mic drops in. He, yeah. Okay. So Mike, he picks the mic from back up. <laughs> he, he mics, picks the mic back up and essentially goes, I was mostly right. <laughs> Here's a tiny addendum to my mostly right theory. And then throws the mic at people's faces. <laughs> yeah. Pretty much just drops the mic. But, and what he does in the second book is he, he essentially goes, philosophy won't. In my last book, I told you philosophy is done because like, you know, since the tool, since I've proven that the tool is bad. Um, we shouldn't try to build these bridges with paintbrushes or whatever. I keep going back to that thing. In the next book, what he essentially goes is like, he essentially says, okay, so the tool is not that bad. It just won't ever completely finish the bridge. It'll never completely, you know, it will never get us to where we want to go, but here's what it can do. And so Wittgenstein says that, when we involve ourselves in philosophical discussions, we enter into kind of a game about what we are kind of approximating the meaning of that word. Mm-hmm. And with certain things, we get kind of in the same ballpark. Like we're we're kind of like, when we talk about love, there are some big ideas that kind of triangulate what we're trying to get at. Mm-hmm. If we scrutinize them too much, we find out that they're kind of flimsy, right? Mm-hmm. It's like if you say, well, loving somebody means that they make your heart full, you know, someone would sit around and have a counterexample and they'd mm-hmm. go, oh, yeah, well, you know, isn't this true? And don't, can't you love someone and hate them? And, you know, whatever else, right? So, so he goes like getting in that kind of like nitpickery mm-hmm. isn't helpful. But what we can do is say, hey, we're, we're, we're getting close to these ideas. This is generally the idea. Let's just put a pin in it. Mm-hmm. Um, and what that does is Wittgenstein kind of admits it lets us like live um, kind of functioning lives which is the purpose of philosophy is to get us to a place where uh, we can just move forward mm-hmm. so if I tell you that um, uh, um, you know if I tell you that uh, someone someone makes me feel beauty all around me um, you get a kind of a sense of what I mean you don't quite understand what my experience is or mm-hmm. what it means to feel beauty because you're like, the fuck does that mean? Uh, but so long as you accept my kind of 
approach to those words, uh, we can kind of carry on. And I've kind of transferred enough of my sentiment over to you. So Wittgenstein goes like, so we can't really scrutinize philosophy. But what philosophy can do is give us um, the ability to to involve ourselves in spiritualism, involve ourselves in something. And so he, he kind of goes on this thing where like if if um, if you're trying to encourage a friend or you're trying to do this or that or the other thing, you're probably not going to sit around talking about, you know, facts about mm-hmm. the world. You're not going to sit around and go like, oh, a square has four sides. There are three mics here. That would not help someone going through a breakup. Right, exactly. But if I can sit down and go like, oh, this is where you're at and Mm -hmm. so on and so forth, um, I might not be exact, but I I probably did a lot of really good stuff. So for, for, uh, I probably repeated myself a little too much, but um, for Wittgenstein, for the people reacting to Wittgenstein, there are two big parts. One was there were a bunch of people who were like, no, you're wrong. If we get really rigorous, we can make philosophy sound and act like science. Mm-hmm. And those guys actually won mostly. So you've got like Daniel Dennett, you got a bunch of neuro people who are trying to explain consciousness using philosophical ideas and kind of grounding them in research. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Robots. Robots, yeah. Um, and then there was like, you guys remember like, um, there was like a Sam. Sam Harris and Richard Dawkins and all yeah. of these guys who are atheists, right? That that was sort of an outshoot of Wittgenstein and other people who are inspired by Wittgenstein who are sort of like trying to say, we can have a philosophical viewpoint, but our philosophical viewpoint can be like, we need to stick to the facts. The other side of it, which is less popular, but I think is the cooler side of the equation, is a bunch of people who are like, Wittgenstein has actually given philosophy more life than he imagined. Mm-hmm. What we've said now is philosophy isn't about logic. And what it is what it is is sort of like prose or poetry where we talk about the nature of life, mm-hmm. but we talk about it in these kinds of terms and it seems to speak to people, right? Mm-hmm. Um if um um if uh what's it called um have you ever like, I, I subscribe to two things that they're like stoic daily and they're like quotes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I'll share one. I'll tell you. Uh. It's like a get, email newsletter. Um, I get my uh, co-star uh, daily updates. <coughs> I think mine was, I don't remember what mine was today, but it made co-star me mad. Co-star daily updates? What was that? Yeah. It's like an astrology app, but it sends you like a daily like, do this thing. But mostly it's just advice and it's annoying. <laughs> but I read them every single day. Oh, mine was like believe in yourself or like trust people around you. Wow, those sound like bullshit. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, but also those are just that's just advice. Oh, let me see if I can find believe in yourself was mine today. Wow, and I was like that. I already believe. And yesterday was talk to someone about what you believe. Oh, you already believe in yourself? What? What yeah. way to brag? <laughs> um, jerk. Um. So I don't know much about philosophy besides what I've learned in The Good Place, which is not much because um, it's there. But there's a lot of words being thrown at me about Kant and moral relativism. Yep. And I, I love it, but it's, it's you know, sometimes it flies, flies over my head. Um, well, uh, but, not a lot of the nerdy stuff is like it's there for the nerds. Yeah. And like if you don't want to pay attention to it, you kind of can get away without yeah. it. But how did you well, pull this up? But also 
be thinking about the answer to this question. How did you get into philosophy? Like, um, I, okay. So here's one. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, this one's not as fun. <laughs> Being attached to many things, we are weighed down and dragged along with them. Well, oh my god. <laughs> Right, I mean, I'm telling you to l- cut everyone out of your life. Did, you know, did Marie Kondo write that one? <laughs> yeah, you know what th- that's telling me. I, uh, Marcus Aurelius needs to lighten up. Am I right, guys? Yeah, yeah. Marcus Aurelius. Yeah, but yeah, like Wittgenstein would. Wittgenstein in his early works would sit down with this and be like, he would start. He would start attacking. Right, mm-hmm. um, and his later work, he essentially goes like, that that sentiment mean something to us and it can help us live Mm -hmm. live our lives Mm -hmm. and you know that sort of ended up becoming my outlook on a lot of philosophy so what got me into philosophy was uh being in debate Mm -hmm. um one of my yeah one of my favorite things that ever happened to me in my life was I, i became a debater and my dad my mom and dad are um professors and they're kind of brainy type people and so i grew up with books everywhere and for whatever reason i gravitated toward whenever my parents were talking about philosophy and i gravitated later on to that section of the house in terms of its books i used to skip school to go to borders (laughs) and read philosophy uh it was the weirdest thing when like my fresh my throughout throughout high school i was like a terrible student but in college um, my freshman philosophy class, I had already read some of the material and I like whizzed through everything. Mm-hmm. And the prof was like, uh, <laughs> yo, what? <laughs> like people hate taking philosophy 101. And I was like, this is what I want to major in. I've already read this stuff. <laughs> um, and so in, in debate, um, that was the first place where, um, I got exposed to those kinds of ideas and I got to talk about them out loud. Mm -hmm. And um, my big thing was, so I did a thing called policy debate, which maybe a couple people have done. Um, And policy debate, uh, the affirmative side of the team proposes like, you know, hey, the United States should go, you know, should take landmines out of Cambodia or whatever. As a negative team, uh, one of the things that you could do is make a philosophical objection and that was like, that was like everything. <laughs> and then I started making philosophical um, affirmative mm-hmm. positions. I'd be like, uh, I, I think, I think I only got away with two, but yeah. So I ended up reading like a ton of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was like the only thing that I could really consume and be really, really happy and satisfied. And I think before that, before that, and still even now, as like a human being, my approach is like, if I figure out the system, Mm-hmm. If I figure out the structure of like life, yeah, and how people behave, I would be happier. Okay, yeah, interesting. So. There you go. I took philosophy one on one in uh, college. <laughs> well, I did not major in philosophy. I took it as a, did you love it for fun? I did. I did. Yeah, it was fun. Do you remember what? You, what was your favorite thing that you read? I have almost no memory of what oh, I did okay. in this class. <laughs> Though I do still, I was, I have my five dialogues book down here, which is what I was just reading for Plato. <laughs> I like oh, yeah. knew I had that textbook still. Um, I mean, just, just like a pamphlet almost. But uh, <laughs> uh, I think it was a book. I don't know why I still have it because I, well, maybe I'll read it. But uh, <laughs> it's one of those things where, you know, you could sell books back to the college. 
I guess kids probably don't even have textbooks like that anymore, but oh yeah, I would uh, if they wouldn't give me a reasonable amount of money to sell my textbook back, I would just keep it. Right. Um, cause I was, I was like, fuck you. <laughs> like that book, I feel like they wanted to give me like 30 cents for it or something. I was like, I'll just keep it. Thank you very much. Uh, wow. You took a stand there. I really, yeah, I have a few. Yeah. And like if your book was, I mean, the weird thing about that book is it's not going to change at all, but, uh, you know, they purposely change those textbooks like year to year, like they make edits to them and then you're your edition from the year before is like worthless to, yeah. to sell back to uh, for a lot of things. And I had yeah. a lot of books like that because I took a lot of classes that were like not um, like I, so I did this philosophy class as a, just a, an elective, but I was like information science and it was a, it's a field that was, uh, was and still is changing like all the time. So all my books would just always be out of date. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's very annoying. Like if I ever took like a, math or an english class or whatever like those books would still be worth something <laughs> right because math and english don't change very much but, uh all the computer stuff yeah it was it would it would go away there was a prof who was infamous for making students bring their like at the end of the semester bring their textbooks to class and he would have them remove pages from the textbook and turn it in along with the the exam why? Because he was an author of that textbook. And he didn't want kids selling the textbook back. Wow. He wanted people buying more of the book. I think they should throw that book at him. <laughs> I hate this that, man. Isn't that awful? What if you share a textbook? Also, this... Time, time for you to buy a textbook. Get yeah. out of here. Also, yeah, taking advantage of these college kids who are spending all this money on college and going to be in debt or whatever. <laughs> yeah, like... I don't know. <sighs> what a jerk. Um, my philosophy on this guy is he's a jerk. But like, that's when Rate My Professor showed up and people were like, uh, no thanks. Yeah. <laughs> Take that and you're not getting any money, dude. Dude. Um, I assume everyone called him dude. I had um, a teacher who also wrote one of the books I had, although he wasn't a jerk about it. <laughs> Listen, if I wrote a textbook, I'd be like, guys, look at this textbook. I wrote it. But I want to make people rip pages out. I was like blown away. Wasn't this a scandal? And some like some uh, this is a recent thing where somebody was like making it was like a government person was like making it's like some head of education for some state was like making a book that they wrote be required reading or something. That's amazing. I'm getting this a little off, but it was like this year. Um, go ahead, Google whatever I just said and try to find the news article. <laughs> listeners at home. Um, I. We need to wrap this up soon, but I have a question to ask. Oh, if yeah. I wanted to get into philosophy, I never took a philosophy 101 class. My whole exposure is the good place. Yeah. What would you recommend me starting with? Should I start with Wittgenstein? Here's my, here's my, here's my book. <laughs> probably, probably not. I mean, the, the unfortunate thing about Wittgenstein is like that very first book. If you're like, oh, it's only 80 pages. I can eat through it. Wittgenstein does this weird thing where he essentially goes like sub point one. 1.1 this is my argument sub point one 1.12 this is a supporting argument for argument so it's like an 1.1 yeah it's like a, it's an outline and he's insanely rigorous about it mm-hmm. like he's just he's very like he almost treats philosophy like an instruction manual mm-hmm. like he that's why i kind of mentioned he's an he's an engineer he comes from an engineering family his his kind of philosophical approach his that picture theory is like the same as like a Lego diagram or a diagram yeah. you'd have for something that you'd have to install, which is like uh, 
screw A1 is, yeah. looks like this and it fits there. Yeah. Right. Um, so a good place to start when it comes to philosophy. I would say, uh, is there a topic that specifically interests you? Do you like political stuff? Do you want to read about um, like um, the brain and consciousness? How do people... Let's go with consciousness. Oh, consciousness actually. So that's the that's the really modern stuff. I think um, you'll probably find a bunch of really good stuff by Dan Dennett. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, I think, is still alive. Good he was him. 10 years ago. He's a modern philosopher. He's on the science side of things. And um, what's neat is, uh, yeah, he, he talks about real science and then talks about w- what that science might mean. And then he kind of takes one more philosophical step and just goes like, okay, well, if all that stuff is true, this all st- mm-hmm. must be true. And therefore the brain works like this. So it, it can be very satisfying. You just ha- kind of have to like, you know, enjoy that stuff. You and I are opposites in that way. I like, I'm always just like, snort. Uh, uh, yeah. no. I was an anthropology major. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's my major. So. I don't think I knew Do you that. Have... You <laughs> didn't know that? Anthropology. I think you absolutely, I studied primates. Oh. That well, was yeah, my focus. That, oh, wow. Well, yeah, I knew that Primatology, part. but it was like part of anthropology. Did you specifically part of it? Then I don't know. <laughs> um, it wasn't like you couldn't like specify it in it completely, but like that was like what I took most of my classes in. That's amazing. Yeah, and how like primates like you can you like use primates as like a like to study people, but also like primate evolution and human evolution. Don't confuse your monkeys. Yeah, do not ex- monkeys and apes in front of me, and don't, don't even think about messing up prosimians and monkeys. Get out of here. <laughs> oh, I do have like if you ever want mm-hmm. if you're like into evolution. You, this is one of my favorite books that I've ever read. And it also has a chapter about memes in it. <laughs> the book is called The Selfish Gene and it's by Richard Dawkins. I've seen it. I'm not, I've not read it, but I've like seen it. You've seen it. This book broke my brain in terms of like how evolution works. Uh, he explains it very elegantly and very, very simply. And... If nothing else, his theory at one point, he just goes like, hey, in the future, he wrote that in the 70s. He's like, in the future, we might think if we're good enough at tracking how ideas move from place to place, we could even talk about memes instead of genes. He coined the term memes. Oh, wow. Tim. Wow. My boy, Richie, Richie D. <laughs> yeah, Richie D. Richie D. Oh, I call him Dick D. <laughs> Dickie <That's> Dawkins. <laughs> was, was him inventing the word meme ever a meme because it should have been a meme that you know what? meme makers we got it for you yeah. just wow it has all the qualities of a good meme yeah. it has niche knowledge it's self-reflective it's got the word meme right in it <laughs> the word meme in it doesn't have baby yoda though so we'll have to wait till baby yoda dies down um oh, there's no. only three more episodes of that uh, show no so. i don't want it to ever be over well season two is gonna start i know but it's not soon enough although they probably won't have baby yoda in season two what well i mean i don't know for fact but that's how shows usually are you know they'll have one thing for a whole season and you can't then... not i'm sorry this is not what the topic is but i would not watch the show without baby yoda i feel like i feel like this is like what we were talking about earlier it's like People are going to find out that they love Baby Yoda, and the show is just going to be called The Baby Yoda Show. Season season one's going to be the one we all say sucked. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You guys really know when they started focusing on Baby Yoda, how much more we were like, 
happier. Oh Trump God. got impeached. Honestly, like, yeah. maybe. This could happen the same day. <sighs> um, <laughs> okay. Well, that's that. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you guys so much. Thank uh, you, Matt. Uh, you know, I hope I was on my best behavior. <laughs> you, were you were on your best behavior. You were. And we, you you know, everyone's always worried whether their, their topic is going to get us through 30 minutes. And it, it we does. did it. We did it. We did it. Minimal tangenting. <laughs> yeah, there, there, there's the same 30 people who burned out all their energy finding out who the third Matt, Matt A is at the Magnet Theater. <laughs> Uh, like fell asleep while I was like, okay, so the theory is, <laughs> yeah. what are they talking about? I was too busy looking at that other man, um, <laughs> who's so beautiful and handsome compared to these ghouls. Uh, I'll tell you one fun fact about this other man on there: his headshot and my headshot, we look almost like the same person. We're wearing like the same clothes. You know it's so funny. I'm doing it right now. Well, we won't be able to hear it because that's the end of the episode. Um, no, 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 no! I'm kidding. Um, this has been TVD. My name is Matt Armando. <laughs> and my name is Only Riggins. And this has been TBD. With Matt Emily. Bye.